hello, hello, and welcome to Rainer's Weekly Podcast, um, or the Craig and Tony Show. Craig and Tony Show. Yeah, my name is Craig Hagan, and I'm your host for the Raymond Weekly Podcast. Anyway, um, you know, we do have a new email address now. Podcast at rhema.org. Podcast at rhema.org. And we want to encourage our listeners to send us an email. Drop us a, a, an email. Let us know if you enjoy the program. Or if you don't enjoy the program, let us know that as well so we can kick Tony off the show. <laughs> no, just, just kidding. Just kidding. Be kind. We, have, we might know what our feelings. Yeah. yeah. Let us know, you know if you enjoy the, the podcast. And also let, let us know the things you want to hear, hear you know, from or maybe it's a, a a Rayma grad that you'd like us to interview. Sure. Um, you know, because right now we're focusing only on, on Rayma graduates around the world, you know, because we want to focus on our graduates and, and what they're doing. Also, you know, let us know uh, what platform you're listening on because, you know, we, we, we have added a few more platforms and we might add a few more, but we need to know where you listen or, or where would you would like to listen on if we're not on the platform that, that you normally listen on. So. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Now, that's a digital platform, Tony, not an actual platform. Not, not an actual platform? No, you know, because, you, know, you, know, you know, we're ministers, and so when you say platform, platform. We're, think, we're thinking, you know, yeah. at a church. Show me the stage. Show me the stage. <laughs> you know. well, we're talking about a digital platform. Digital platform. Digital platform, you know, that, that hosts podcasts. Um, podcasts, yes. And so um, Cause we're the pod people now. We're, we're, we're pod people. <laughs> and you can hear us on Podbean. Podbean. Podbean, are, you know, I know that's your favorite place to go. Yeah, down, in, down on the I've farm. actually never actually went to Podbean. Yeah, me either. Just to... but, but we are on Podbean.com, you know, so check us out there on Podbean. You know, I'm not sure. Did Jack at the Beanstalk get his beans from Podbean? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, today we're discussing socialism. You know, America's favorite topic. And we have, once again, with us, Vidar Lagarde. Vidar is actually over Rayma Kenya, but he is from a socialist country. And so he knows more about socialism than me or you both put together. But a lot of young people in this world today, um, you know, are really embracing the idea of socialism. And I believe it actually started because of the teaching done in some of the colleges and even the high schools. So, Vidar, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, tell us how good socialism is, because, you know, me and Tony, we like free stuff. Yeah. You know, you know, we, we, you know, we, we go to a trade show, we take the free pins and the free, you know, you know, the, the free bags. My, my dad, my mom loves bags. So, so does your wife. Bag. Yes. You know, yeah. and got so a closet full of them free bags, free pins, you know, free donuts and those kind of things. But socialism isn't really all free, is it, Vidar? Uh, well, you know, everybody likes free stuff, but uh, the problem is if if everybody likes free stuff and everybody's a consumer, nobody's a producer, then we, we've got a problem here. So. Yeah, but socialism works. That's what they keep telling us. <laughs> well, uh, there's an analogy that, that I like to use, and it's it's that of a lion. Um, of course, we, we work in Africa, so we've seen a lot of, a lot of real lions, and... Um, you know, I tell people about going on safari and going out in these game parks, which, by the way, they're they're not game parks in the way we think of parks. They're, there's just it's like Yellowstone; it's complete wilderness, and so you see the animals in their true habitat. And people talk to me about you know the various zoos, and I remember some talked about you know Walt Disney World and what they kind of animals they have, or San Diego Zoo, or whatever, but. All those animals, they're you they're in the, captivity. The Animal Kingdom safari is not a real safari. Yeah, I'm sorry, that that sun is not a real sun. And those animals, I mean, they, they go back to their pillow at night. You know, it's 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 different. 
Um, they don't have to fight for, for their food. Um, and so when you see those animals... You, you disappointed my, my grandkids now. Now, now. now they're upset. Well, I guess don't have them listen to the podcast, I guess. <laughs> they like going to the zoo and, and they yeah, like going to Disney World. And, but, but they don't have the you know, luxury yet to go to Africa, so, you know... That would change. I've talked to a number of people that rave about various zoos, but I've never yet talked to somebody. Okay. Yeah, no problem. I'm sorry, Vidar. Once, go back to your analogy. <laughs> once, once you go on a safari, um, a zoo is going to lose its luster. I don't care how good of a zoo it is. It's it's just a, a, a different thing. But, you know, if you think of the animal in the zoo, it's, it's safe. It's cared for. It's kept. But it's not allowed to be who it truly is meant to be whether you're talking of a lion or whatever animal in that zoo and when you've seen these animals out in the wild they look healthy when you see them in the zoo that even in a good zoo they, they look sickly they look very different and uh, i liken that to to socialism mm. where when everything's provided for you you know in in russia they said um Give them food and give them circus, and then people be keep quiet and be happy. And um, you know that works to some extent um, for some time. But uh, I remember growing up, um, you were encouraged to have ambitions as long as those ambitions fit within the mold that they set for you. And I knew that my ambitions were bigger than that, and so that was greatly discouraged. Um, accomplishments were not celebrated nothing like what they are here in america um and you heard the phrase who do you think you are i don't know how many times i've heard that phrase growing up because of having accomplishments so there's no room for individualism very little there there was some um so technically uh, scandinavia is called social democracy it's it's called um mixed economies if you go to eastern europe you go to russia where you've gone all the way over into communism that's when the government controls every aspect every company is owned by the government every employee is essential an employee of the government uh, but growing up um you know a lot of industries are controlled by the government much greater than here um, dairy products cannot be imported and uh, all the dairy products, they had to be processed at a government plant. So very different from here in the U.S. where, you know, where you process your milk as a farmer, you can make an agreement with all kinds of different dairy processing plants. And there might be co-ops and different things like that. But it's still very different. And um, coming to America, I'm, I'm 15, um, finally found a, a flight so I didn't have to take the boat. Uh, <laughs> But I remember playing soccer, and, and my first game, I'm running down the field, and I was so shocked by everybody cheering on me running down the field mm. that I lost my mind off the ball, and I was wondering, what is going on? Because I wasn't, honestly wasn't necessarily a good player, but everybody was cheering on me just because you're out there doing something. Completely different mindset completely different environment from what i had grown up in and uh of course when you're when you're allowed to flourish when you're allowed to reach for something there is more risk involved as well for a lion that's out in the wilderness there is more risk than a lion in the zoo 
but it's a whole lot more healthy because you're you're allowed to flourish. You're allowed to produce something that is greater. Um, just look at the patent registers around the world. Almost everything that has ever been invented is coming out of the United States hmm. because we have an environment where we encourage people to invent, to produce, to do something that hasn't been done before. Capitalism does that. Yes. Yeah, then, then absolutely. The, then the rest of the world just rips us off. Yeah, so, you know, you, we're talking of cell phones, and I remember cell phone adoption was much higher in Europe than in the United States in the 90s. And, and for those of you that didn't hear the last program with Vidar, Vidar used to work for a company that, that produces chips for cell phones, and that technology actually way before the cell phones were even in existence. Yes. Um, or, or for the smartphone, I should say. You know, maybe had, we call it dumb phones, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, so so I was involved in the industry, like you say, um, back then. Um, and I remember consumers maybe had higher adoption rates in, in Europe than in, in America, but the patents and the inventions, long list of them coming from the United States, um, no matter what product you're looking at. Um, you know, you look at a place like China, there's a whole lot of production coming out of China, but it's all copied stuff. It's not invented stuff that comes That's out of China. Interesting. Um, and that's why you, you know you look at Apple packaging designed in California but produced in China, um, because under communism, it, sure the state can try to find incentives to make you produce at an assembly line or something like that. But innovation is different, uh, and 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 the gospel and the freedom and light it it produces innovation in a way that. There's no socialism anywhere in the world that mm. produces it like that. Even if you try to look at, okay, let's look at Norway and Sweden, and, you know, the poster childs of the two countries where some people think socialism actually worked halfway decently. Um, I would I would disagree. Now, I, I know people that have moved from America over there and um, live comfortably, but I'm sorry to say they're predominantly people that don't have a whole lot of ambition in life. They, mm. they just want to live a comfortable life. Won't be left alone. Yeah, well, there's a whole lot of people in America, too, that they just want to work to five and they want to go home and sit on the couch and watch television. And, you know, that's that's not a real lion. That's that's being in captivity. Mm. Now, you know, here at Raymond Bible Training College, we, we train you to be a real lion, real lion, to, to go out and, and to take chances and, and to go to places that, that maybe aren't aren't the easiest place to go. Like we just, you know, interviewed Grady Pickett. You know, he's in the middle of. Iraq, you know, you know, you, you got missiles flying over his head sometimes. I mean, you know, you know, but but you know, someone who feels called to go into the ministry is willing to go wherever they feel called. God has called them to go, you know. And maybe sometimes you feel like a lion in the middle of Chicago, um, you know, <laughs> when things are going on. And you know, with today's situation going on, it don't matter where you're going to live, you know, th- there's going to be the adversary coming after you. But, you know, here at Rama, we, we train you that it doesn't matter what's going on around about you, that God is God. God's going to take care of you. God's going to get you through it. And, and so maybe you're out there and 2020 has been a rough year and, and you're thinking, what's next in my life? Go, go to rbtc.org and check out Rama Baba Training College because I tell you what, it'll be two of the best years of your life. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, do you think the socialism thing actually now in America, you know, when, when I was a kid, I'm sure I'm not sure the same way in Willacoochee there 
with Tony, um, you know, I, I was very involved in, in athletics, and um, we only got trophies when we won. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, sure. I mean, you know, if you won, you you got a trophy. If you didn't win, you know, maybe there might be a second or third place, but but you know, after that. Everybody didn't get trophies. But Still winners and losers. Yeah, there was there was winners and losers. And you know, when I played t-ball, my first time playing, you know, any kind of baseball sport, we actually had outs, and we we had you know people got out and things like that. And so, it was really weird for me when my kids started playing sports, and, and the first sport that that um, my oldest son started with was t-ball, and um, he was mad because they didn't keep outs. In fact, one game, um, well, actually, I think it was like the first inning, that my son made 12 outs, I mean, on the other team because he was really good. And so um, they had to move him to the outfield because he would, he, he was really fast. And so he'd just get the ball and go tag everybody. And so he's like, Dad, they're out. You know, it should be our turn to bat. No, everyone gets to bat. You yeah. know, everybody gets to play. And at the end of the end of the year, everybody gets a trophy. Participation trophies. A participation <laughs> trophy. And you know, and that's how it is. And then so so then we're all learning, you know, we're all the same. You know, it doesn't really matter whether you got first place or last place, you know. And why even keep score? It's all about having fun anyway. You know, and, and that's how we're trained as a young kid. And then we get older, like I mean, you know, well, it's not fair. I mean, you know, just because you went to school and educated yourself or, or you learned more about computers and, and you, you were able to, to, you know, make a lot of money, I should make that money too. And, and you know, and, and you should pay more taxes so you can help me. Yeah, that's, that's a mindset that, uh, that easily sets in. Um, but the thing is that everybody's got gifts and everybody has talents some people have a hard time discovering what they are sometimes but they're still there Um, you look at scriptures you look at hebrews chapter 11 the hall of faith and you look at all these people you know the spirit of faith there is something about that that will cause you to to be a lion roaring so to speak it'll cause you to go out there and overcome obstacles and and difficulties and People say life is not fair, and sure, you know, Pastor Craig, you're born in Tulsa. I was born in Norway, and none of us pick where we were born. Uh, some are born in upper part of society, and some are born in the slum. Um, so, yeah, there, there are things in life that are not fair. Some people lose their eyesight. They're blind. Um, look, at, look at Jim Stovall here in Tulsa. Lost his eyesight when he was going to school multimillionaire today because he didn't take the problem and make that as an excuse for his life he still made something out of his life and the bible is full of these stories of people that could have made excuses of you know where they're born who their parents were ugly brother jacob and Esau, you know whatever the case might be but the people that made it into the hall of faith they're all people that didn't allow these excuses and and circumstances around them to be hindrances they trusted god to get out of them and and they did something they became producers in society and they did things that impacted a lot of other people around about them and that's what god's will is for us no matter where we are who we are where we're born but um, there is something about growing up in a place where accomplishment is not celebrated. Uh, things are comfortable because the government does everything for you. Um, you just observe people, and, and you find so fewer people that 
live out their dreams and live out their ambitions because these things aren't celebrated. There's in, in no those motivation societies. for it. The motivation is completely different. Motivation is four weeks of vacation during the year. Hmm. Now, also, Vidar, talk about taxes. Isn't taxes way higher in, in a socialized country than, than they are here in the United States of America under President Trump? That's a, I, I, I caveat there because, you know, all presidents, you know, sometimes, well, there, there's been an indication that our tax is going to go up here in America. Yeah, sure. Taxes, you know, when the government's going to pay for everybody, um, you know, the government doesn't have any money except for what the people has produced in the country. Thank you. Well, well, wait a minute. We, we've given away trillions of dollars this year to the to you know the people during the coronavirus. So obviously, the government has to have some money somewhere, right? Well, you can print money, and then now you got inflation. And of course, you know, we went off the gold standard back here what fifty years ago or so, and now we got inflation to deal with. And you know, when when, when you build a city using gold you you produce something out of nothing you you dig for whatever in the ground you create bricks and you create mortar and you create buildings uh, that money that was was spent was given to the bricklayer it was given to the carpenter and then they take the money and give to somebody else so the, the money isn't gone it's not spent but you've created value out of nothing um and and that kind of production needs to be in a society well to maximize this this kind of production you've got to have incentives for producing something otherwise you just end up being an average everybody being an average um you don't build a high level society that way no And, and you know like i said a lot of people are pushing for higher minimum wage you know but shouldn't there be some incentive you know maybe you should want to make more than minimum wage, you know, by, by incentivizing, um, you know, things. And so, but what a lot of people are proposing, you know, if, if we go to higher minimum wage, but as a business owner, that's going to create me, first of all, getting some low level employees that, that are, that are making a lot of money and I can't do anything about it. Um, and then I'm going to have to get rid of some people because I can have fewer employees. And so then we have more people on welfare. Well, I think everybody should push for a higher wage. The way you push for a higher wage is you look to produce something of higher value than what you're currently producing. There you go. Then you'll be paid more. You know, if, if your current employer doesn't notice you, if, if you produce more than what you're currently paid, you produce higher value than what you're currently paid, uh, your current employer will eventually give you a raise. Or if he doesn't, somebody else is going to notice you and they will offer you a better job. This is why I can't ever work for somebody who's, who's in a union-type environment because that union might give me $1 or $2 extra an hour, but they set my cap. No. I don't want to work for somebody who set my cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, minimum wage is supposed to be entry level. It's supposed to be a starting point. Not where, where, where They want to make it a living wage. Uh, and then, like, like, like Craig said, that puts the, the burden upon the uh, business owner. Sure. I mean, yeah, you raise the minimum wage, and there's all kinds of things that can potentially happen when you do that. Um, the, the $5 an hour type of jobs go away. So there are some people that, I'm sorry, don't don't produce enough of economic value. They're going to have a hard time finding a job at the higher, higher wage. And you got inflation issues and different things. If we would change our education system, instead of setting up the entire education system to create average employees to create 
people with the mindset of let's produce something of higher value, then I don't think we would have this socialism talk today. Hmm. Because it's all about mindset. And, you know, for some of you that, that think, you know, I'd like to have socialized medicine, I, I want to let you know about one of my friends who um, lived in a country who had socialized medicine. And he tore his ACL. And, and, and many, many folks have been in athletics have tore their ACL. And, um, you know, so he got on the calendar to fix his ACL. And um, it was nine months down the road. Yeah. And, you know, very common story. Yeah. Very, very common but, story. But that's not the end of the story. You know. So here was, it happened, I, I, I remember the month was, was August, August of the month, and I think it's supposed to be like the 15th of August. All of a sudden, he gets a letter the first, second week of August um, saying, we're sorry, Mr. So-and-so, um, you know, we had to push that back. And he had to wait three more months. Mm-hmm. So, he had, you know, so he had to wait a year to fix his knee. You know, but he had socialized medicine, so it's great, right? Yeah, So, and then you end up in, in some of these socialized countries where the government, through unemployment benefits or whatever the particular benefit is called, you're being paid for not having to work for a year. So society loses one year of production, and um, somebody else is paying for that. Instead, well, let's get these hospital queues out of the way so we can get people back to work and produce something. But, but also under socialized medicine, doesn't that also – um, kind of incentivize us to have mediocre doctors because it doesn't matter if you specialize or not, you know, who cares? You're, you're, you're going to only be able to make a certain wage. Yeah, I don't know that there is one country on earth where everything is perfect when it comes to medical care. But um, yeah, you, as a patient, you, you can't pick your doctor. Um, and so you go into surgery that day, not knowing who you get, maybe you're, you're doing discs on your back or something um you can get a good one you might get be getting a bad one just depends on who's on the calendar for that particular day and you've got no control over this and so that takes away the the incentives for the doctors to do a better job because they've got a certain number of operations they got to do that day whether they're a good surgeon or a bad surgeon well it doesn't really impact your paycheck yeah, that kind of kind of actually made me chuckle i was thinking about something that i used to do sometimes when i i traveled a lot um on a lot of aircraft and you know the first thing the pilot does comes on introduces himself and the co-pilot you know um and so i remember one time i sat next to the lady and i go oh good he's a good one and she goes really do you know that guy i'm like no i'm just kidding i don't, I don't know <laughs> i don't know who my pilot is <laughs> you know but you know but you know i have a lot of trust that he's going to get me to my location you know but you know we, we put trust in people it's like we put trust in our doctors you know and, and unlike our pilots we usually like to know who our doctor is and you know, how skilled they are. And, you know, here in the United States of America, we're used to looking them up on the Internet, see if they have good ratings, look at their Google review, which is very important, you know, in America. You know, because if I get someone, you know, if, if I have Dr. Chekel here and he has a, you know, a 2.0 um, Google reviews and, you know, said, yeah, half the people he worked on died, you know, I, I might not want to want to go to him, you know. So, you know, I might want to check out Mr. Hyde. <laughs> so, you know, but socialized medicine socialism isn't all it's cut out to be and you know i guess i remember when i was younger there was a country in south america called venezuela that actually was very prosperous had a lot of oil and and doing really well and then i look at venezuela today and i'm like what happened you know and i guess it was socialism took over and so if you don't think it could happen in the United States of America, you know, you know you're kidding yourself. I mean, we're using the same voting system. That's right. I mean, you know, I, I know that that sounds crazy, but, you know, we're using the same voting mm-hmm. system. And, um, 
you know, an agenda is being pushed. And, you know, I guess that brings us back to the Bible because really we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're against principalities, powers, rulers from on high. And, you know, the, the devil is the author of socialism, in my, in my opinion, you know, trying to keep us from being the victorious champion of a Christian that, that we we're, we ought to be. And, you know, and I, I think that um, we in America and the rest of the country and the rest of the world needs to wake up and understand that there's a force against us. And, and we are living in the last days. And, you know, um, I, I believe it's time for a revival and it's, it's, it's time to, to be the lion without the cage, you know. Yeah, I would, and I would encourage people listening, if, if you want to check into this, uh, talk to people that have come to the United States from Eastern Europe. Have some conversations with them and see what their experience is like, mm-hmm. and you will find some very different truth from the rhetoric that's being, that's being put out by, by mainstream media today. Uh, socialism very much is a, it's, it's a very, very godless ideology. And, and socialism will work very hard to remove God from all areas of society. And uh, when you've got, uh, if you have a society that has a very good work ethic, socialism will work for a generation or two because it takes a while for the work ethic to be removed from society. It but erodes, eventually, it? work ethic will erode over time. And, and that country will be a lower of a producer than what they are if, they're, if, 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 if everybody has incentives to produce something, to create and something new, to come up with new inventions, to do better marketing than, than others. Uh, it's a much better way to go. And we've seen that over the last good number of decades, how the United States has prospered because people have been allowed to create something for free. Right. This is why you have situations why the Beatles are leaving England. They're coming to the United States because here you're allowed to do something. And, and you know, um, when you come against socialist government or communist government, you know, they don't like you a whole lot. In fact, um, I was just, um, well, I guess with last year or so in, well, 2018, because 2019 we couldn't go anywhere. Um, or 20, maybe it was 2019, I guess. We, we was in Alabama, Albania. And Rainy Albania is an awesome place, and it's awesome to, to see these men, men and women that are excited about God. But, you know, in Rainy Albania, you know, it, it was illegal to worship God for a long time or have any religion for a long time. Um, and um, these guys come to me and says, you know, I'm not a first-generation pastor. I'm a first-generation Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this this one um, pastor there, he was telling me about about his um, his father— um, he was a farmer and he's able to, to make some more money than, than most people. And, um, he was upset because he actually had some cash. And so he, but he would go to the grocery store to buy food and there was no food. And so he started complaining that, you know, here I have money and you don't even have food to sell me. And, um, so what they did, they got mad and they put him in jail for over a year just because he was complaining about, you know, communism and not having food even though he had money so having money didn't even help him that's amazing Mm. and you know and so it's just amazing to to hear the stories and then he he was talking about how in one generation how his kids i mean how whenever he was young i mean you know they would fight over everything you know in in fact um um, said there was a a bread factory uh, on the outskirts of town and, and said that the kids would would sit there 
um, you know, and hang out there with their bicycles. And as soon as they see their bread trucks be, being being going toward the stores, they would all run home and tell their parents so they could get there so they could get some bread. And said, you know, a lot of times we didn't have much to eat at all. And and um, every all the food, he said, I think he has, had a family of five, mostly boys, uh, five five kids in this family. And they were all um, given only a certain amount of food, a certain amount of, of, of meat. And he says, now my kids, I mean, they don't even understand. I mean, you know, they waste food all the time. They're picky. And in one generation, it, w- it went from, you know, barely being able to eat and we're just glad to eat anything to, to you know, well, and I don't like that. You know, and so it, it's yeah. amazing how one generation, you know, c- can change because, you know, they're more spoiled, you know, um, not living under the communism rule. But and, and how people in America, you know, we I'm not saying we I, I don't think that I don't think all of America wants to be a communist socialist country. But I think there's a small minority that's trying to push an agenda, you know, and, and they're really coming against the church and coming against the things you know, of the church, because that's, that's their agenda ultimately. Yeah. And, and, you know, we saw the same thing growing up coming from the, from the socialist parties. It was very anti-church. It was um, anti-accomplishment. It was anti-God. And so that ideology is, it's the same everywhere that it's been put into place. Did you have that Willa Coochie? No socialism with a coochie. Yeah. We we live we live by the words of Paul. If you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know that that's what I've always been taught. You know, um, I mean, you got to work. Um, you know, and, and and God will bless what you put your hand to. Sure. And you know, the, so you know, my dad always talks about the the natural and the supernatural coming together makes an explosive force for God. But the natural is a part of it. And you know, my grandfather, you know, even his, this book, The Midas Touch, even even talks about. You know, yes, God will bless you, but also, you know, sometimes he'll bless you by, by giving you an opportunity to work more, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's it's not just about not working. And I, and I think that's what um, younger Americans, you know, they like the idea of not working and being able to have a luxurious lifestyle, you know, and not work at all. I mean, I remember as a kid, remember that show, The Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous, <laughs> yeah. Robin Leach? You know, remember that, yeah. you know, and you used to watch the, those things and thinking, man, look at that boat. I mean, look at that mansion, look at that place. And, you know, and I'm here to tell you under socialism, you're not, you're not going to achieve those kind of things, but, but people want to achieve that without working, you know, and, and, and yes, you can. I mean, the great thing about United States of America, you can come to, to the United States with nothing and, you know, God can give you an idea and, and and you can be a multimillionaire or or even a billionaire, you know, because it's it's a land of opportunity at least right now. Sure. And but there are some powers that be that want to change America. Yeah, I often think about back in the garden. You know, it's there's a couple of things that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. One of them was was an opportunity to work. It was a purpose. Uh, to work and to till that garden and the family, those two institutions were there and they're the backbone of any society. It's, it's, it's work and family are the two cornerstones. And both of those, they were there even before church, even before there was a priest. Uh, and he was also, there. he was also given an instruction to guard, to subdue. Uh, uh, so, so he, he kind of had three things there. And he didn't. He didn't follow through on the third one. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you, you've got the fall in there, but but still, it's it's very good to go back and look at no, original but, intent. But I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, there's there was purpose. There, there was the Garden of Eden wasn't a socialism deal. 
You're right. Yeah. And, and I think that's one thing that we all need to find our purpose in life. And, uh, you know, that's what before I before I preach any sermon, that's the first thing I, I do is uh, I pray that everyone will, will will, you know, achieve their purpose in life. And, you know, maybe one place to uh, to find your purpose is here at Ray Bible Training College. And, and, and in fact, um, you know, you can actually start, you know, here in January. I, I believe this, this program is going to air the first week of January. And if, if for whatever reason you want to get here right now, you know, you, you can start. And um, see the Christmas lights. Before well, we well, this uh, this program is actually going to air the first year. Oh, that's year. right. Yeah, sorry. So the Christmas lights are going to be off. But They'll next year you can see the Christmas year, lights. It'll be Christmas our 40th light. anniversary, yep. you know, um, of, of yeah. the Christmas lights. But rbtc.org. Uh, you know, now let's, let's kind of segue um, for some that, that didn't listen to the last program we had you on, um, to Ray McKenna. Um, talk about what's going on Ray, Ray McKenna and, you know, um, how, how God's just doing wonderful things um, all over Kenya. Yeah, sure. It's It's been an interesting year. We've got um, about 380 churches in Kenya now that where the senior leadership has been trained uh, at RayMcKenya.org. Wow, that's and phenomenal. Wow. That's, you know. A lot of phenomenal, phenomenal stories. Um, a lot of pastors that are building churches seems like left and right. Every time I go to some area that's hard to get to, find graduates, and you hear of many new churches. And just a couple of weeks ago, we had another church open up in, in, a, in a community that's never, ever had a church. It's an unreached community. Um, another church opened in slum areas in Nairobi here just, just a couple of weeks ago. A lot of great things have happened, and um, even this year, it's been you know a difficult year there, as it has all over the world. But uh, we've just encouraged people to to take the word of God and do what the word of God says. Look for opportunities, and the Lord will bless the work of our hands. Uh, he blesses us with opportunities. I, I firmly believe that the windows of heaven opening, that there shall not be room enough to receive it in the storehouse. You still have to go out in the field and sow it into that field, and you still have to go out and get the workers into the field to get that grain into the into the storehouse. It's not some kind of a magical window in heaven that literally rains down the grain. I, I've never heard a story which no. came that way. But he blesses the work of our hand, and so that's part of what we instill into people. Um, message of faith, trust God, believe God, but like Pastor Hagen says, it's the natural and the supernatural. You got to do something in the natural, and so we've seen a phenomenal amount of people this year starting sowing into their land, maybe barren land, uh, businesses that have started, people that didn't have food because of the shutdown. Instead of starting just food service programs where you're handing out, we encourage people to go find opportunities, even if it's a different field from what where you were trained. Now's the time to go find opportunities, and we've seen lots and lots of people get back to work, start new businesses, start new enterprises, and become producers uh, so that they both have food to put on their own tables and to have something to give to others that are still struggling. And also something that's also amazing, because obviously you haven't been able to get back in person. Obviously, I know you can do video stuff and things like that, but you've trained some great teachers that can be there to carry on even when you're not there. In fact, I think you told me someone probably even better than you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We have about uh, 40 instructors in Kenya uh, right now. Um, really an, an awesome team that um, day-to-day operations, it's it's all operated by, by Kenyans um, running the school over there. And, uh, you know, I can come in and I can talk about family life, but you know, my situation, my stories is going to be from a Western culture. 
And so a Kenyan can talk to the Kenyan culture so much more effectively. And um, so many times, you know, you, you bring a speaker in from here and maybe they're, they're talking about entrepreneurship or they're talking about giving and receiving. And so easy, easily the mindset is, well, you're an American. Of course you're rich, you know. So when you have a Kenyan get in the classroom and explain, look, I used to be poor. I used, but then I learned these principles and I apply these principles, and these are the principles I'm I'm telling you about. And look where I am today. It, it's so much more effective when it's it's your neighbor telling the story versus yeah. somebody coming from America yeah. to tell the story. And speaking of that, Vidar, you know there are a lot of people here in America, and and they think they're poor, but wouldn't they be rich if 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 they had, if they lived their same lifestyle over in Kenya, they'd be considered rich, correct? There is no such thing as poverty in, in, in the Western world as far as the amount of money that somebody has. Now, the poverty mindset is found everywhere. And, and, and really, lack of uh, money, poverty is not a lack of money. Poverty really is a mindset that's that creates lack of money. It, it, it's a lack of understanding of work ethics. It's a lack of understanding of how to steward what we have. Anything that you properly steward, anything that you properly manage, it's going to flourish and grow. I don't care if it's a business, it's a household, it's a marriage. Um, anything that's properly managed and stewards, it's going to be healthy. And anything that's healthy, it, it grows. Now, now, Vidar, before we end the program, I, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to support you and your wife and, and your ministry. So tell us about Safari Mission. Um, yeah, thank you. SafariMission.org uh, is, is the organization we operate, uh, RamaKenya.org, the, the Rama schools, the eight campuses there in Kenya. If somebody wants to be involved to support what's going on um, next year, 2021, we're, we're launching operations into other nations there in Africa as well. So go to SafariMission.org, look at what we're doing, and you can get involved there as well. Um, pray for us, uh, support financially. We would appreciate it, and you'll have a part in what's happening. And, and I know that I'm assuming some of this literature that you pass out, you probably have also available on, on, online that, that, you know, because I know you, you have, Vidar does a great job doing literature about what's going on and, and you know, and keeping people informed. And, and, and also you have a give back program for, for some, some um, companies out there. Tell us about the give back program and, and why to have a give back program. Yeah, so, so we help businesses, business owners, um, because so many consumers today, people are looking for a business to be involved in community development of some sort so that your money that you, you spend doesn't just go to an owner's pocket but it helps other people as well. So we can help you set up a give back program with us where part of proceeds, part of what you sell, earn, um, goes to Safari Mission. So you help a wonderful cause, help people get out of poverty, help people to produce something in Africa. And we would help you uh, with language on your website to your consumers, even to your employees, so that they understand what they're involved with as well. So safarimission.org, our phone number is there. Uh, you can contact us there, and um, we, we'd love to help you set something like that up for your business. And, and I do want to encourage any, all our listeners out there to, to go to safarimission.org and, first of all, check it out. Secondly, um, pray for, 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 for Vidar and, and Catherine and, and all the staff there at Ray Canyon Safari Mission. And then pray about supporting them on a monthly basis because, you know, it, it, it's – People can give one-time gifts. And I'm sure they'll take one-time gifts, but it's you know whenever you continue to give on a monthly basis, even if it's a smaller amount, it's easier to to um 
to budget, budget you, and plan. If, if you know what, what's coming in. And, and I know there's many great things and that's going to happen in 2021. And I'm, and I'm sure we'll, we'll interview you again in 2021. And you can tell us everything that's been happening over in Kenya and other countries as you move on. You know, but also if you're out there and maybe your 2020 wasn't too good and it's 2021 now, it's, it's going to be the greatest year ever. And, um, so may, maybe you're not happy with where you're at and you were considering maybe doing something else. Maybe you should check out Raymond Bible Training College. You know, it's, it's a great place to come learn about the ministry. Maybe you feel called to the ministry. Maybe you don't feel called to the ministry. Maybe you feel called to business, but you want to learn some Christian principles to operate your business, which is very important. I, I mean, it, it's so awesome to hear how these people have come to Raymond. They've gone out and started a business, and they use the Christian principles they learned at Raymond more than they use some principles they learned in college, and, and, and it's so awesome. RBTC.org. Check us out, and, and we actually have a spring college weekend coming up April I can't remember. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's April 8th and 9th, I, be, I believe. Well, we'll, we'll let you know next podcast. Um, you know, actually, you can go to, um, uh, I'm sure rbtc.org will probably have the information there. Or you can download the Rayma USA app on, on your telephone, and that's where you're going to get the information. And Tony has to. It's April 9th, 10th, and 11th. April 9th, 10th, and 11th, and you can come learn about Rama Bible Training College and, and you know what we we feel is the greatest Bible school in in, in the world um, absolutely and God's doing great unequivocally things. unequivocally best Bible college in this or any parallel universe <laughs> any parallel universe <laughs> so the, the best Bible college in the galaxy in the galaxy <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to end today's podcast like we end every podcast. At Rayma, we're bringing hope, hope help, help, and healing, healing to, to the, the world. world.